Welcome to In the Clinic with Rob. Welcome, 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 welcome back to the In the Clinic podcast with Rob. And we got a lot to go over today. If you are wondering why you're losing muscle mass, you're not sure, especially as you get older, why you keep losing muscle mass, this is the video slash podcast for you. So glad to have you aboard. For those of you who do not know me, my name is Rob Sumner. I'm a physical therapist. I'm an athletic trainer. I'm a personal trainer at Sumner Specialized Physical Therapy, Specialized Strength. And my whole purpose of really doing this is to augment people's lives, to help in their function, help in their health, help in their mobility, help in their strength, and to give them greater longevity in their lives. So with that, uh, let's get let's dig right into this. Today we're really touching on sarcopenia. And the reason that this is so important to me is because about 11 years ago, I was not running my own clinic as an outpatient orthopedic clinic. I was not doing any type of personal training services. And I was really spending my time driving around the beautiful area of the Pacific Northwest. And what I mean by that is um, I wasn't, you know, just jolly riding around. It was for work. And my work at that point was a home health physical therapist. Now, you, you go back 11 years and my daughter's six. You know, my son is just a year old, if that. And a lot of things are different. You know, the, uh, the political climate's different. The uh, word COVID hasn't even been introduced you know, 11, 11 years, a lot of things have changed. And with that, one thing that hasn't changed is watching individuals slowly wither away. And what do I mean by wither? Well, when I did home health, I, I primarily went to uh, individuals' homes that were too weak or unable to leave their home safely. There's a specific criteria that you, I couldn't just go out there because I liked you. It had to be that you were considered homebound. And homebound meant that it took undue energy or you physically, physically were not able to leave your home on a consistent basis. And because of that, we as a company would then come to your home. We would come right into your home and treat you to help improve your mobility, your function, your strength, to allow you to advance to eventually a outpatient clinic like I'm running now. And it was a good intermediate between an individual that was in a skilled nursing facility or possibly a hospital and an outpatient setting. Because in that intermediate area allowed people to actually live in their own home. It was more cost effective than staying in a skilled nursing facility or a hospital. And you got to be around your family. You got to be in your own bed. So it was a good intermediate and I really enjoyed the job itself because I got to go visit with people. And when I would go into somebody's home, which is an intimate place for the majority of people, it was really special because I became their friends. Now, 
obviously I'm working with the majority of individuals that have a lot of years under their belt and they're mature in age. So yes, I'm, I'm, I'm working with the elderly. And with individuals that are in their 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, life has um, sometimes passed them by. You know, their, their kids are grown, their kids have kids, and their kids have kids. And as great-grandparents, they're really not the focus of anybody's life. Your kids will stop by and help, you know, shovel the walk or get your car ready or run some errands for you. Or for the unfortunate few, their, their children do not live around them and they're left to fend for themselves. So picture an individual that now has limited mobility. They can't leave their home safely. They can't drive. And they're at the house. And you typically have a spouse that then becomes their caregiver. They're doing the errands, they're addressing them, they're assisting with bathing, they're transferring them, they're helping them with the majority of their daily tasks, which their daily tasks are truly confined to a recliner. They're watching Gunsmoke, The Virginian, they're uh, eating in between naps, and that is making up most of their day. So to me, at that time in my life, it really pulled on my heart because it wasn't enjoyable to watch individuals be confined in their life. It's like life just kind of stopped for them. For some of them, they were just waiting to die. That truly just broke my heart. So I'd reflect often on how this happens. How do we get to this level? And... For a lot of the individuals, it led to pathology. It led to some level of dysfunction. It could be that they had a disease that um, progressed to the point where it affected their mobility. It could have been diabetes that advanced to the point where they uh, developed such poor circulation that they had to cut off their limbs, which then they didn't have the strength to use crutches or a walker and we're now in a wheelchair. It could have been a surgery, that they had a significant abdominal surgery, a heart surgery that left them incapacitated, and really wiped out their function because it left them at a period of time immobile, and that immobility zapped all of their energy and strength. It could be a cancer, it could be a surgery, it could be a fall, that led to a fracture, that now they had surgery from their fracture. So there's an assortment of reasons why individuals um, really lose their mobility. But there was one common theme that I consistently found when I was working as a home health physical therapist. And that consistent theme really consisted of individuals that had poor muscle mass. So when I would walk around these individual homes and I would help them with their mobility, their gait training, their strength training, other, and naturally you have pictures that are on the wall. As you come into the entryway, you can see the evolution of their life from an individual in their 30s, married, young kids to 40s, 50s, grandkids, grandparents, 
into the 60s and 70s, 80s, 90s. And you look at some of these men that were in their 30s and they're big, burly, fit, strong men. And you look at them now as they sit in front of me in their recliner watching the Virginian and they are a shell of themselves. Time has zapped their energy, their strength, their mobility, and their ability to just enjoy their life. But why? Why is it that uh, individuals that were such strong, strapping young men truly lose a lot of their muscle mass as they get older? Is this inevitable? Is this going to happen to me? Is this what all men and women eventually succumb to? So as we get into it today, those are the questions we're going to answer and also what we can do to prevent it. So let's start with the word that I mentioned in the introduction, which is sarcopenia. And sarcopenia really is that gradual loss of muscle mass and strength. It's truly a condition that affects all adults and really particularly affects the individuals over the age of 50. Because aging plays a significant role in the process of sarcopenia, but there are other factors that can really accelerate that muscle loss. So today we're really going to explore what's really the cause of sarcopenia. And we're going to go through the different practical steps that you can actually take to really reverse that condition. So overall, let's, let's just dive right in. Yep, that was actually my knuckles cracking. And let's really unlock the secrets to combating sarcopenia. That's, that's our true goal. So we can understand what sarcopenia is and really how it affects an individual. And we can understand that, that leading to diminished muscle strength leads to limited function. Without truly having strength to move, ultimately that limits your function. And it might not be just that you have lost your a little bit of strength. And, and you can still walk, you can still move. It's really a factor of your strength has diminished and now you have another issue. Now you've got diabetes, you've had a recent surgery, a fall, the lack of strength could have led to the fall, that you tripped and you couldn't recover because you didn't have the strength and you went dead to the ground and it broke a femur or a hip. So... The importance is really recognizing what the signs are of sarcopenia and how to seek intervention early. So what are some of the factors that really contribute to sarcopenia? There are numerous factors that really can accelerate muscle loss. One of them is immobility. So if you do have a fracture or a surgery and you're sitting for a significant period of time, you're going to lose muscle mass. If you don't use it, yeah, you lose it. But what about an unbalanced diet? What about chronic inflammation? What about severe stress? So we're going to also explore these and get into how they also affect 
your ability to produce muscle mass. Hey, quick break from the show. I don't run any ads during these podcasts, and I really don't have anything to sell you. My only hope is that you can use this knowledge to help improve your life. And the only ask that I have in return is that you help others find this podcast. And the best way to do that is to like, subscribe, rate, and review. It only takes a moment. You can do it right now while you're listening to the show. But this is the best way that I can help other people in their life and, and truly benefit in what we're providing. So it only takes a second. Please do. And now let's get back to the show. So let's go right into as far as uh, exercise. So one of the most powerful weapons to really fight against sarcopenia is exercise. And we're really talking about resistance training. We're really talking about fitness training. We're really talking about activities just like walking. Now, all of these activities can stimulate muscle growth, can improve muscle tissue repair. And by doing these consistently, you're going to boost strength and function. Exercise truly is your route to boosting strength. So let's get more specific. Individuals that um, succumb to sarcopenia, it's really a progressive disorder. It's, it doesn't happen overnight. And the reason it doesn't happen overnight is because... In men, testosterone levels start decreasing around the age of 45. So I'm 44 right now. Yeah, it's coming. So that's why you have individuals in their 30s, 20s that are strapping burly men, and they, in their 70s, 80s, 90s, are shelved themselves. Well, primarily it's because of testosterone. And testosterone really starts dropping off at around 55. It starts decreasing at 45, but then it starts dropping off at 55. So if we allow our hormone levels of testosterone to just keep going, we're going to lose a lot of muscle mass. It's just hard to maintain it and consistently. There's a reason that bodybuilders take steroids. Not all, but, but it's prevalent because it helps build muscle mass. So is that what men need? They have to take testosterone? Not necessarily. Because weight-bearing strength training on a consistent level, so resistance training, primarily weight-bearing, consistently will slow the degradation of testosterone. Nice. Awesome. What does that really mean? That means that if you consistently strength train in a fitness program, you are going to have a slower erosion of testosterone in your body. You hold on to it longer and longer and longer, which means what? You hold on to your muscle mass longer and longer and longer. If you hold on to your muscle mass longer, you don't lose it as much. And then when you're in your 70s and 80s, you still have mass. You still have strength. You still have muscle. Think of Jack LaLanne. Look at Arnold. There's individuals in their 70s and 80s and 90s that still have muscle mass. And that's important because then we have function. Then we have mobility. And guess what? Our bones are stronger. 
that weight-bearing resistance activity is also making your bones stronger, which means that you're probably not going to fall too much. And even if you accidentally do and you get bumped, you're probably not going to break a pelvis. Sarcopenia is real. And the ability to prevent it is also real. So how do we do that? We get strong. We stay strong. We continue to be strong. So here's the thing for me. It is so hard for me to watch individuals now, even in my clinic, who 40% of the people we see are over the age of 50. Maybe even 50 to 60% are over the age of 50. So you start looking at individuals that, one, their body mass is out of line. They have a ton of stress in their lives. They don't eat well. And they don't do any form of exercise. Danger. Danger. So why does it matter? Why does it matter if we have poor nutrition? Well, poor nutrition also robs us of the ability to maintain our muscle mass. It's a vital role that it plays in combating really sarcopenia. There are certain nutrients such as protein, uh, vitamin D, omega-3 fatty acids, even creatine that all play a significant role in promoting muscle growth. So if we can promote muscle growth, what, what do we get? We get more muscle longer, especially if we're strength training. Now we're augmenting that. We're getting both. So we can truly optimize our effort in combating sarcopenia. And we can do that through dietary sources. Potentially supplementation. So let's look at two of those factors. We can, we can already picture vitamin D and omega-3s. Uh, a lot of different research out there on both of those. But let's talk about protein. Just boosting our levels of protein even a whey protein that we can mix in from a protein powder into yogurt, uh, snacks, foods, other. That protein also helps us build muscle mass. If we combine that with resistance training, double whammy. We're now helping to produce more muscle mass. On top of it, protein at higher doses just by adding protein to your diet has been shown to help people become leaner. Why? Well, they're not as hungry as much. Protein's a great satiety factor. So when you start looking at protein, you start looking at supplementation, now you're getting better effects. You're getting improved effects, which is absolutely necessary because now you're able to build more muscle, especially in your 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, which then leads to longer doses of testosterone in your body more muscle mass already to begin with, so you have less to lose. You maintain more. What about creatine? Well, creatine is a supplement, but it's naturally produced in the body. Creatine is the most researched and studied supplement known to man. There's no real negativity to creatine supplementation when taken at a proper dose. So what is creatine? Creatine is naturally produced in the body. The muscles already have it there. It already utilizes it. Creatine is your body's ability to resist fatigue. Your body uses what sources it has for food, glucose, in your bloodstream and converts that to energy. And the way it does that is through a process 
glycolysis, oxidative phosphorylation. Essentially, both of those just convert glucose or blood sugar to energy, ATP. And when your body then uses that energy, ATP, it cleaves off a phosphorus. So now you have ADP sitting there by itself. So creatine comes along and pops back on to the ADP, which is two phosphorus. And now it makes it a three phosphorus and your body can use it for energy again. So it helps you resist fatigue. What does that mean? Would we like to have more energy? Yes. Would we like to be able to work out longer? What if you can work out longer and provide more movement to your resistance training with less fatigue? Huh. Guess what? Now we can build more muscle. So creatine and protein cannot be overlooked, even in an aging population, as a awesome nutrient strategy to maintain muscle mass. And last one I really want to touch on is looking at stress overall to the body. Stress itself, especially chronic stress, releases cortisol in the body. Chronic cortisol release wrecks havoc on your muscles because cortisol really is a steroid. But it's not a steroid like testosterone that builds up your muscle. It's a breakdown steroid. It's like cortisone which if you get too many cortisone injections, it can weaken your tendons and then leads to rupture. So why does that matter? Because cortisol will do the same thing to your body. And when you have chronic inflammatory stress to your body, your stress hormone cortisol is released. So if you have high levels of anxiety or you're putting nutrients into your body that's causing stress, such as sugars, fake sugars, any type of um, trans fats, uh, deep fried, fried foods, all of these are creating inflammation in your body that then you're trying to manage, your systems are trying to manage internally, which leads to a high level of stress, which leads to cortisol release. And again, cortisol will break down your muscle tissue. So it's important that we keep our stress in line as well. So the point that I'm really getting to with all of this and I'll circle back to um, my time as a home health physical therapist. You know, here, here at uh, Sumner Physical Therapy, we developed our own personal training programs. We developed specialized strength fitness, and it's really dedicated to individuals that are 45 and older. Why? Hell. It really came from my experience as a home health physical therapist and watching individuals in their 60s, 70s, 80s wither away because they don't have the muscle mass to continue to battle through a surgery, a hip replacement, knee replacement, a uh, diabetic complication, a long hospital stay, or a fall. And now they're sitting in the confines of their house lonely. Lonely because I became their friend so quick while I was with, while I was with this company, I became their friend so quick because they were lonely. And when I would discharge them and no longer tell them, hey, I'm not coming back anymore, it'd break their heart because they'd see me 
more than they'd see their kids or their grandkids or their friends. And the reason it broke my heart is to watch individuals be lonely is one of the greatest travesties in life. So with that, it is our mission to help individuals maintain their muscle mass, prevent sarcopenia from occurring, so they have the mobility to live their life to the fullest in their 70s, 80s, and 90s without being confined to their home, and then they won't be lonely. So how do we do that? So we go through and build custom programs for individuals that have possibly never worked out in their lives. They don't have any fitness background, or they do. But they're really uncertain of how to achieve more muscle mass. Where do we start? What's the best program for them? Usually we see them as in the physical therapy realm, so they, we already know that they have some other issues rotator cuff surgery, a hip replacement, a knee replacement, a fusion to the back. Everybody, when you're getting into your 50s, 60s, is going to have some limitations. So we take all that together and we start training them and building the programs for them. We essentially spoon feed them this solution so that they can eliminate sarcopenia. They don't have to worry if they're doing the right exercises or if these are going to hurt their back or their knee. They essentially look each day that these are the exercises they do and they show up and do them. And on top of it, we entertain them. We make it fun. We make it upbeat. We make it energetic. And then we add other events to it. We help them nutritionally. We get them on a path of sustained nutrition. We get them meeting other members so there's community sports so support so it eliminates loneliness it's a place they can come to not a place that they just go it's somewhere they want to be versus somewhere they have to be fitness becomes fun it's something we look forward to not something we are made to do So what does it take for an individual to battle sarcopenia? They've got to do specific resistance training activities tailored to them. They have to be on a nutritional plan that, that eliminates them eating like a jerk. You can't eat like a jerk. You can't eat as much you want all the time that are heavy sugary foods, fried foods that are highly processed foods in abundance and think that your life is going to be better as you continue to live. It won't. It's about finding a process that allows you to get good nutrients into your system, whole nutrients, that also allows you to get your body to work with you. There are certain foods that you can eat that are fat mobilizers. There are certain foods that you can eat that feed your gut biome. Who doesn't want to have more energy, less body fat, look better naked, and also be able to crush it to have muscles? <laughs> People do. People do. So we give you a path to do that. And in the end, we're tackling sarcopenia. 
But truly what we're doing is we're, we're curing loneliness. Because that's my ultimate goal is to stop loneliness from occurring from our older population. And that truly comes from being confined to their home due to our talk that we laid out today. So if you made it to the end of this video, you are part of my 4%. Awesome for you. I congratulate you. If you did make it to the end, that means that you valued some level in this content and it's going to help you in your life. Because of that, I want you to do something for me. Just hit the like button. That's all I'm asking for is hit the like button because by hitting that like button, it allows other people to then see this video. It gets presented to them naturally, organically, and your like will then help somebody else see this video and help them in their life like it's helped you today. So other than that, I appreciate your time. Thank you. You being a part of this show is the best part of my week. And if you have any questions, please reach out, hit on any one of these uh, platforms, either on YouTube or on our Apple Podcasts, and hit the um, contact button. And I would love to answer any questions that you have. All right. Thank you for listening. Enjoy the day. Welcome to In the Clinic with Rob.